This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to A Real Man Wood Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. And it is the video edition that we decided... By popular demand, and by popular demand, I mean like three people decided they wanted to see our mugs here, and that's good enough for me. Uh, without further ado, I'm joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don from Yahoo Sports. This is the look that he's going with there in that red t-shirt. What's going on, dude? How you doing? I'm doing all right, Liz. I forgot we're going to do video, so it shows how little I prepare for this. But um, can you edit this? Because I don't think people quite understand how much typically we... You know, we, we talk about stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is going to be sort of my excuse to figure out how to do video editing. Okay. So um, I figured out the audio editing, and if I fail, then this will just be an audio podcast, I guess. But, you know, as I said, by popular demand, I think two or three people said they preferred to do the video thing. Plus, we can put this on YouTube, and uh, I just thought that would be another way of distributing it to the ten more people that really want to see it. But just an experiment. Okay. Yeah, no, it's cool. I see your background there. I told you I need to buy some cheap sports background, but you actually have a, a Lisbon behind you, yeah? Yeah, it's through the window. I actually want to do it outside on the deck, but it's pretty cold out. It's like it's not freezing out, but it's probably like 45, 50 degrees, something like that. So I just felt like I wasn't going to sit out there. It might be a little damp out there, too. So when it gets warmer, we'll do one from the outer deck, and you'll really get a good view of it. This is just the window and building behind me. Sounds good. Yeah, it's raining where I am. Yeah. All right, you just got like a very drab white wall and some blinds behind you. But yeah, you can get a uh, – don't get a fake-ass background. It doesn't really help. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry cheesy, about it. Right? It's fine. No, well, it's, I'll come up with something. Yeah, exactly. You know what you do is you get a huge picture of the nutless monkey. Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, exactly. There, there's been some uh, – there's been some confusion in Twitter, it looks like, uh, between myself and the nutless monkey. Yeah, it really was unfortunate for you that I used your exact Twitter avatar as the Nutless Monkey's avatar. But I think when uh, Ted Bell drew up that maze for me, and the maze was really apt, and I'm definitely going to talk about this, uh, I think he meant that that was the Nutless Monkey who was in the maze blocking my exit rather than you personally. Right, right, yeah. Well, it was funny nevertheless. So uh, where do we start? Oh, oh, I I haven't checked my PayPal, but... uh, I mean, I think I'm missing a payment from you. I, I, was, I would think that if I were you, unless you fail to enter the divisional round uh, Yahoo daily fantasy playoffs. Did you not play in that contest? Uh, no, I think I did. You won that? Yeah, I did win it. 
Yeah, that's right. Oh. That's right. So you little bitch. And we did 20. Oh, right. Did I do that? Okay, I had to look. Yeah. So it offsets. So the we broke that, even. Yeah. So, so you're expecting right. money you don't deserve as usual. Yeah. Okay. It's the story I, of your life. Yeah. You're expecting well, something you didn't because earn. Because we broke even. Why? Because what happened? Uh, oh, that's right. The Pats covered easily. They did cover easily, and that was a fucking stupid bet by me. And you're right. You did long so con me. God. Even it was seven nothing. I was just laughing. I'm like, this is. It was a stupid bet. It was a stupid bet by me. But the the reality is, here's the reality. I really feel personnel-wise that 13.5 was enough. It's just that the coaching disparity was worth 25. I I think that the coach – I honestly think like the the Titans – if Bill Belichick were coaching the Titans, that game would have been a a toss-up, would have been 50-50. When when Mike Malarkey punted, he punted on fourth and two from the Patriots 47, down seven, as a 13.5-point underdog on the road. And at that point, since it was like 3 in the morning or 2.30 in the morning my time, I just tweeted out, Fuck you, Mike Malarkey. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. And that was it. And I'm glad I did. I wasn't staying up for that shit. As soon as he hit, kicked that ball, it was over. It was definitely over. Yeah. If only we had such information before these games kicked off. You You're know? right. Who was You're coaching right. which team? I know. It would be amazing if I had made use of that information. It's correct. Yeah. All right. I'll take the shit. That was a stupid bet. There's no doubt, There's no doubt about it. <laughs> when, I sometimes you lose a bet. I, I was wrong about the Vikings, right? I mean, I took the Saints plus the points. And I'm not going to... I feel very confident yeah. the Saints were the right side, but the, in the Titans' yeah, I, case, I went one and three. You know that last weekend, and here I am giving you a hard time. When, I, I went one and three also. Up. I went one and three also, but obviously I should have gone two and two. And the, the crazy thing is, we did this um, postseason draft on XM, and I stacked Saints, Titans, and Falcons. And so through one week, I had two hundred points. I was killing it, and now okay. I'm still up by like one hundred fifty, but I have zero players left. Thanks to that. And I actually I think I'm going to lose based on that one play. Not only did it knock all my players out, but Jeff, who's probably the favorite now, is about 150 points behind me, and he had Diggs and Keenum. So not only did he get these guys in the next round and, and knock my guys out, but he got like 20 points on that play. Right, and he could get two more games out of it too. Oh, he may, two more, yeah, he may get yeah. two more games. And yeah. just, you know, if he does catch me, he'll prob- it'll probably be like 15 points. And that literally that play – what is, is going to be the difference? Yeah, that was crazy. I'm with you. I had the Saints in that game too, so that was frustrating. You know what? I will say. I always talk about my bad beats here, so I will. I will do a flip one here. So, um, of course, I have to have action in every game in the playoffs. So what I did is I just teased the Saints up to eleven and a half, and I never do over unders, but any port in a storm. I mean, you got You know, there's very few options. So I went under fifty three and a half points. So Saints plus eleven and a half under uh, fifty three and a half. And that touchdown at the uh, the very end uh, made it um, 50, yeah, to 24 to 29, 53. Yeah. And then there was like 10 minutes of this extra point, right. and I'm going nuts. So it's a please don't kick it. They're not going to kick it. And my wife's like, why are they not going to kick it? I'm like, they don't do that. It's like considered running it up. They're not going to do it. And so thank God to finally half point something crazy like that at the end went my way. It's so bizarre that they actually make them come back after that play to go kick it when everyone's on the field. It's like. I mean, at what level do they just let it go? It's like they'll be like a terrorist attack, and they'll be like, nope, we got to kick. They'll have a, a situation where a guy's helmet comes off and the head is still in the helmet. You know, that's when the NFL's over. You know, you see the helmet come off, but you never see the head in the helmet. But when that happens, they'll be like, everyone will be like, oh, we got to call this game. We can't play anymore after this. And then ref will be like, nope, you got to kick the extra point. At what, at what point do they just say, you know what? It really doesn't matter if we line up for the extra point. Yeah, no, I have no idea what's happening. Mean, I mean, what, we must, we must do it. But like, dude, who cares? Just forget it. Just it, you, obviously, they didn't care to try it, so just end the game with that score. Like, what is? And then that? a tu- and a touchdown in overtime, you don't. 
it's the opposite. You can't kick it afterward. Then right. it's over. So it's so what is it? it just you know, there's zero seconds. But I just got to talk about that play because it was it was okay. an amazing sequence before then because you know Breeze drives down. It's 2014. They make that great drive. They score to go 21-20, and then Keenum and the Vikings make the drive, and Forbath hits that money field goal from 53 yards. The kicking level in the NFL is just absurd these days. 53 yards, no big deal. Straight down the middle. You know, and then the Saints drive down. They convert a fourth and ten, which is amazing. Michael Thomas drops the third and ten. They convert the fourth and ten to Willie Sneed. And friggin' Lutz, you know, 43-yarder. I mean, that's not a long field goal, but it's just like no problem. All the season on the line, boom, right down the middle. No, no big deal. Like, the kicking is just ridiculous. Like, it used to be that was like 50-50 if that kick was going in, like that 43-yarder. Right. But it was like a no-brainer. So, they, you know, so they go ahead. Both teams execute all the way. Like, it was an amazing game, and it's over. That would have been bad if Snead had dropped that fourth and ten wide open after he missed that throw. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, that would have been the nightmare game if he had dropped that pass. Right. Well, I kind of tried to tell myself after I got eliminated, you know, the Saints got eliminated. I lost. I was like, oh, well, if they don't make that fourth and ten, that's just the end there. Right. Like, I don't have to, you know, this fluke play. But anyway, so it's, it's obviously it's over. I mean, it's just obviously over the game. And when that play happens, it's like, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? What am I watching? Like, he gets the ball, and that dude, obviously you've seen the replay of the angle he took to tackle him. He just jumps up, lands, turns around, and I'm just like, this is stupid. I, people think that's an, an amazing play, like if you're a Vikings fan or whatever. But it was, I mean, they made the throw and catch. It wasn't like a pass interference, just gave him the win, but it was just so arbitrary. It's like, I don't like arbitrary. I, I don't mind a crazy play or if they, you know, if the Vikings had a minute left and made an amazing drive, okay, fine, I lost. But shit like that to me is just, it's just so fluky. It just makes me feel like the whole outcome is a total fluke. And watch the Vikings win the Super Bowl, and it's because they made that ridiculous play after the game was basically over. Right. It's funny, just last week on this pod, we were talking about the, the Niners-Saints game in the playoffs a few years ago. And just same thing with, with Breeze. Uh, Alex Smith scored a touchdown. Then they came back and scored a touchdown with Graham. And then when you thought that was over, Davis scored with like a 30-second drive. So it was just very similar. Three scores, not all touch, not as many touchdowns, but three scores in what, the final minute and a half in this game? It was, it, was, it was a pretty awesome game. But I hear you as far as arbitrary at the end. I mean, come on. That's just a one in a, in a thousand type shot. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I used to, when I was a kid and I grew up, you know, you knew about like the immaculate reception. You're like, that's a great play. That's so cool. But you have to imagine, like, that's just, just dumbass luck. I mean, right. it's just dumb luck that the Steelers won that game, but you don't really see it that way. And as you grow up, and you you probably don't know what that is because you're like 12 years old. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. But yeah. okay, no offense. You grow up, and you just you, you think like sports settles stuff, right? You you know that like so many things in your life are just bullshit. Somebody wins and you lose because of some technicality or some bullshit. But sports is the merit based thing in the world. That's why it's so interesting. You see who's the best. That's what sports is all about. But then, you know, you look at, like, the Super Bowl last year or the, or the Patriots Super Bowl where they fucking Pete Carroll should have just run Marshawn Lynch from the one-yard line and they throw the pick. And you're like, they don't really win that game. It's just, it's just, this is how it shook out in the last couple of seconds. Like, this is totally arbitrary. Or the first time I actually got a taste of that was when Scott Norwood, when I was, it was actually the Giants, and Scott Norwood missed that field goal. And it was a 47-yarder, which at the time was like, it would be like a 55-yarder now, you know, the equivalent of, like, the likelihood of making it. But... He just missed it, and so we won. But if he hit it, we would have lost. And you're like, yeah, but the accuracy of that dude's field goal kicking, is that really what you're celebrating? Like the lack of accuracy of Scott Norwood? And I get it. Like the Giants held them to, to make it a 47-yarder instead of a 37-yarder. So that obviously was 
that was like a merit-based thing where they had to kick it from. But it, just, it was just, I was just remember being like, I don't know if I am that excited about that we won because they missed a field goal. That doesn't seem like winning to me. Right, right. Yeah, that was still a great game, though. I mean, what, the Vikings hadn't allowed 20 points during the home game all season, shut out at halftime, and then New Orleans yeah. put up 20. It, it was an amazing <laughs> game until that last play. And that play was an amazing play, but it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, shouldn't be, I, sh- I shouldn't be averse to, like, a, you know, a 0.1% play happening or something and thinking, like, that's arbitrary because they did – again, it wasn't like a, a pass interference call. It was like they made the play. They made the throw and catch. But you're just like, dude, just fucking let him land and just push him down and bounce. It's over. Right. You have any thoughts on the other games? I mean, the Eagles. Who, I, of course, that, that's what was going to happen. I knew I was a sucker side with Atlanta. I mean, of course, that was going to happen. But, How did I was mean, 10 points? And, yeah. and didn't they score their only touchdown? Like a, it was like a twenty-yard drive too. I mean, they really were shut down. Well, Atlanta also—I uh, mean, the Eagles also turned it over twice. Right. So Atlanta really did not do much. But at the end, you know, obviously they called a really stupid play. Yeah, they had they four first-half fumbles and a missed extra point and a missed field goal or something. Yeah, that. It, yeah, that was. I mean, Philly was the right side. That was just dumb. I don't know why I took Atlanta either. I, but they again, if they they could have pushed. They just had to make that two-yard touchdown and then get a two-point conversion. But I just like to think, you know what, even if they made a dumb play call, I'll just imagine they made it and then failed the two-point conversion. Right, Makes me right. sleep better. You know, you know, I heard some stat. I think it was by Cousin Sal, and I, uh, he said 18 red zone targets. I looked on Rotowire's site, had 19, but I know all the stats for the NFL is it's a little, you know, they're, it's not perfect. But he said one catch on 19 red zone targets for Julio Jones this season. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, that's pretty nuts, right? One catch, 19 uh, red zone I, targets. I don't, think, I don't think that's right. That can't be right. You don't think that's right. Okay. One out of 19. Right. I mean, like, the average man could catch, could just line up at wide receiver. You throw 19 I, passes. That, you that's catch why one. I brought it up. That, that seemed crazy. But the I think on, on Rotowire, it just has the uh, the target number. I couldn't find the catches. But that's pretty nuts if that's true. And that yeah. would explain, obviously, the he whole – He only had three touchdowns. Receiver. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. of course, like, a couple of his touchdowns might have been from long distance, right? So maybe that's right. right. I mean, maybe it's – Right. But you think he would but, catch one at like the eight yard line or something? I mean, it's would, I know you, you you would think, yeah, you, know, you would think. But um, all right. Then what about the other game? That was nuts. Forty five, forty two. That was, and that was the best it, game. Like the Saints game was cool, and like the the end was annoying as shit, but it was cool. But the uh, the Steelers Jaguars game was, in my opinion, the game of the week and yeah, one of the games of the year because the Jacksonville's defense is good, but there's nothing you can do when the opposing quarterback is throwing fifty yard passes that are more accurate than you and I would throw with, if we were two feet away from the receiver. Like the one that Antonio Brown caught with one hand, it wasn't even a good catch because it was, it was thrown in the nook of his elbow like right there, so all he had to do was squeeze. Like he didn't even have to do anything because the ball was so accurate that even though the, the DB kind of had his other arm tangled up, it took literally no skill to secure it because it was that accurate. What uh, what percentage of a chance would you have given uh, the Steelers winning if I told you beforehand Roethlisberger throws for 469 yards and five touchdowns and one pick and, and no one else fumbles on the team? I mean, like, what you know, what, what, I, what I would, would say you... like 70 because oh, why oh, would really it, it wouldn't have been higher than that? Why okay, would he be throwing them? Why if they're up, right. you know, if, they, if if it's an easy win, why, why is he throwing that much? You know, why is he right. throwing for that okay. many yards? I mean, it's you know they. they the Jacksonville really played a good game because when the Steelers so in a way coming, in a way you might have like lowered your your thing because you know I mean you thought their game plan was going to be obvious all bell after last time you know getting picked 
five times or whatever. So no, you bring up a good point. You're right. In, in a way, it's almost like the it's it, you're more suspicious of why why is he putting up those why passes? Why is he throwing like that? They just doing a revenge game to show how good he is when it's like fifty-one to seven and they just keep throwing more touchdowns. Jacksonville was pretty impressive because they were giving. I mean, it wasn't impressive they were surrendering the lead, but it was. The guys were covered. It was just pinpoint throws, and you, yeah. I don't think you'll ever see – I don't think I've ever seen in my life, and I may never see again, a game where a quarterback threw four passes of, like, 40 or more yards that accurately. Like, I, I yeah. just – I don't think I've ever seen – usually, you know, the guy's got to slow down. He's wide open. He has to slow down on a long ball, or, you know, he's got to adjust or throw him behind him or something. These were just in stride within an inch window of where you'd want to throw it from 50 yards away. And that's why they were completed, even though these guys weren't open. The only guy who was open was Martavis Bryant on his, because nobody can guard Martavis Bryant. Well, of course. You know. the, the yeah, I, I, I faded Leonard Burnett in DFS. I used Mike Tomlin as my coach in Swamp. You know, you only get one one coach for the whole playoffs. It's a big 10-point bonus. He And I, I was the only one in staff picks to pick Pittsburgh. So I, I wasn't shocked, though. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously the final score is pretty ridiculous, but... Another stat I heard was like Roethlisberger has attempted 19 uh, carries on fourth and one, and he's gotten the first on 18 of them. So like that's even crazier. Yeah, that I love the pitch back for the ball. sweep on fourth and yeah. you know half a yard. They're gonna throw it five yards into the. Brady gets that in his sleep. I mean Brady gets that half a. So sleep. does Breeze. Fresh. Breeze did it right twice in the in the succeeding game. Right. How good is Antonio Brown, dude? I mean like he's just gonna take him number one overall, like and not think about it next year. Maybe he's good. Some people are saying that Haley's absence is going to change the offense for the, for the worse. But the crazy thing, though, is as Pittsburgh was coming back, you know, a lot of teams in Jacksonville's shoes with a good defense and a shaky offense would have just sat on the ball and tried to kill the clock and punt it back. And they would have lost if they did that. But they right. didn't. They went and they went and got more, they got more points. They're up 28-7, and they went out and they got 45. So, you know, Doug Marone really coached well. He went on fourth down from the two-yard line. And Fournette like flew through the air. He jumped. I was like, oh, he jumped too soon. But he just kept sailing. But he just kept flying. He was like airborne for a long time. He was the guy's like Michael Jordan in his prime or something. Yeah. No, no, it was impressive. Yeah, no, good for Jacksonville. Um, yeah, it was a it was an impressive win. And uh, oh man, I Vance McDonald was super cheap in DFS and I had him. That's one thing I did get right. Racked up 16 targets, but um yeah, man, giving up 45 points at home to Blake Bortles. Not not a great I mean how much did they miss Shazier? Jeez. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I, so, All right, so what, what – go go, You want to talk about these games or you got some other, some other shit going on in your um, life? Well, we can, let's, let's end on the game. They got a couple other things for you. Okay. I had that stat. Um, oh, what do you want to talk about? I'll, I'll leave the floor to you and set you up. Uh, I saw you going a little – I don't know how much you want to go nuts, but you had some sort of Orbits rant on oh, Twitter yeah. I saw. Absolutely. Well, come on. You don't, even have, to, you don't have to wind for, me up for this. This is obvious. Okay. All right. I'll let you talk for the next so, five So basically minutes. what happened was Heather – was booking these flights for us for March because it's um, NFBC and Tout Wars. We're going to New York, and you know, obviously Sasha and Heather have people to see in New York too, so we're all going together. And I guess she was looking at different flights and times, and so she booked hers correctly with Miles on a Wednesday, and then she paid with a credit card for mine and Sasha's, but for some reason she booked them for the same flight but the following day on Thursday, and we're coming back Sunday, so like Thursday to Sunday is really short for you know an eight-hour flight i mean it's a seven sure. eight-hour flight is ridiculous so she books the flights and this is like in november and the flights are in you know mid-march so sometime in december she checks and she realizes oh shit i actually booked yours for the thursday and mine for the wednesday let me call back and get it fixed so she calls orbits and they say 
oh yeah, you, the, this flight is non-changeable, non-refundable. Even if you're willing to pay a fee, it doesn't matter. You can't change it, and we can't change it or help you because it's it's TAP. TAP Portugal is the airline, so you got to call them. So of course, she calls TAP, and TAP says, oh no, we can't do anything. You book through Orbitz. They're they're the place where you have recourse. So each each place is passing us off on the other. Right. So we're like calling supervisors and all this shit and getting more and more enraged. It's like, look, fine, we fucked up. So like, what's the penalty for that, right? If you make like a small error like that, yeah, fine, you have to pay a change fee. Even that is draconian, 150 bucks to change your flight. But that's not the penalty here. If we can't take these flights, it's a $1,000 mistake. $1,000 mistake, really? It's like if you park your car on the, wrong, on the street cleaning day and they charge you 1000 for the ticket. I mean, it's just an arbitrarily, ridiculously huge penalty. And the thing is, if they're going to make it so that you can't even change it, if you have an issue or you make a mistake or you change your mind, before you click, there should be a huge pop-up window that comes up and said, before we confirm, please confirm your purchase. This is non-refundable, non-changeable. That shit should come up in a pop-up. If there's no going back, I mean, almost any other thing where it's a serious thing where you're spending serious money, they will pop up and give you a confirmation button. None. It was just some fine print somewhere that says, oh, this is a non-refundable, non-changeable fight. And the uh, fact that I get that like airlines and businesses need consistency. Like they need to know, okay, fine. This is who's booked this flight. This is who's booked that flight. There's the seats that are available so we can sell the rest of the seats and fill the plane. That's actually a legitimate, that's like a legitimate business purpose. But the thing is three months out and when this, the other flight is actually cheaper, there is no business purpose of not just being like, oh yeah, you screwed up. We'll switch it. No problem. A week out, like a week before the flight, if we give up our seat and switch, that might fuck them. They may not be able to sell that seat or they may have to reduce the price to sell the seat or something. It may actually cost them money. They have a legitimate you know, reason to have a penalty. So you know, the way it should work if this was a legitimate business and not just stealing from your customers basically would be the closer to the flight it is, the more it would cost to change, to get out of it. And the right. further from the yeah. flight, beyond a couple of months, it would cost nothing. It would just be the difference in fares and maybe like a $10 fee to like be like, hey, just we had to fucking get on the phone and process it or something. That's all it would be. The idea that you're, you're making a $1,000 mistake, and they could easily switch it. Like, they easily could do it, but policy says they can't. What does policy so what, mean? What happened? What happened? So far, we're just fucked. We just have the... We, I, I went to the credit card company to try to wow. cancel the purchase, and I'm going to them, you know, but... It's just and you're like, you're like including them on your tweets, and you said you're going to talk about it on XM. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Really you know why? Orbitz is part of the Expedia conglomerate. Expedia, Orbitz, I think yeah. a couple others like TripAdvisor, Travelocity. There's like they own all of them. It's a monopoly. They don't give a fuck. They're not doing anything. It's just some robot thing they put out there on the web. It takes your money. So what? You know, don't ever fucking use Orbitz again. Nobody I know is ever going to use them again. I say I'm, I talk about this every day on the XM show. And tomorrow when you come on, bring it up. Because I will say it again. I don't care. I'm going to cost them a million dollars for the thousand they cost me or the day that they're going to cost me of you know, having a really shitty short trip. But, right. you know, but right. they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. It's just some robot. It's just, it's just some dude with a spreadsheet that said, you know what? If we make it really draconian, you can't switch it. No matter how far before the flight it is, we'll make X amount more money. And right. people can fight and scream and shit. But fuck them. You know, every single person should be like me. Every single person who gets ripped off and stolen from, from the healthcare companies to orbits to these bullshit airline restrictions, all this stuff, should fucking go to war and make it totally not worth it. Every one of those little fucks who, behind the scenes, who's like, oh, if we just make it a little more draconian, we can make this much more money, those guys are going to get fired because they're going to realize, oh, this little change that made X amount more dollars, this fucked us. 
because every person is not standing for it. Every person is filling up our call centers, our customer service, fucking bad-mouthing us. Every single person in the world is saying no to that shit. People just need to fucking go to war when they get cheated. We, we accepted way too much. We're like, uh, fuck, we screwed up. Cost me a thousand. Shit. Fuck that. Right? I'm going to talk about this every day for the rest of my fucking life. I'm going to be <laughs> 75 years old, and, and Orbis will have been out of business for 30 years, and everybody who's involved in this fucking debacle will be dead, and I'll be still fucking talking about this shit. <laughs> well, Fuck good that. for you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's pretty – I mean it's ridiculous, the, the, the fact that it's three months. Two weeks, I could understand, but right. three months is absurd. Three months. I mean, we made a little fucking error. Big deal. Just fucking yeah. fix it. If you subscribe to Red Water twice – let me ask you it doesn't this. matter to them whatsoever. That obviously that flight is nowhere near full. It's not. So the other one's fucking cheaper. The one we want to switch to is actually cheaper. If you subscribe to RotoWire twice, if you hit the button twice, and we take your money twice, and you and we, first of all, we'll probably just see it and refund you with with no questions asked. But if we don't see it and you see it, and you're like, hey, you charged me twice for this subscription. I, I only meant to hit it once. No questions fucking asked. You're getting your money back. Right. Oh, it's your error. Sorry. Once you click that, you have to get two subscriptions. Who the fuck does business like that? Nobody with competition, nobody who gives a shit what right. their customers think. These are fucking right. monopolies. That's the only reason they even exist. You think fucking RotoWire would get away with that shit, charging someone twice? We'd be out of business in a fucking year if we did that shit. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I look forward to getting you fired up about it uh, for, you know, in, in perpetuity. In frankly. perpetuity, dude. I'm, I'm fucking yeah. committed to this shit. Fuck yeah. Orbitz. What a piece of shit. What a fucking piece um, of shit. What else? I, uh... So a few months ago, I did. I, I sent in my DNA. I did one of those genetics testings. Uh, it took a while, and then I realized after I sent it in, I'm like, boy, I better hope I don't hope I don't plan on murdering people. I just voluntarily yeah, that's presented really stupid. All, what a fucking all, mistake. Oh man, I gave some all black mirror shit. Information some black mirror the, shit. Yeah, to the man voluntarily. What are you doing? I thought you, of this. You are such a nutless monkey, dude. This is some black like, mirror shit. Where bees are like, yeah. yeah, my jeans. By the way, you know what? Jews like me, we don't fucking send in that shit. We, we, yeah. we learned our lesson. We don't fucking send in that shit. Yeah, well, I was thinking about it. I'm like, why did I voluntarily do that and spent money? And they probably, whatever the, the results are, all probably BS. But now I just it's probably true. gave the man my, all oh, my information. Terrible, terrible. It's a horrible, I mean, horrible. Here's the thing. It did right? make it more difficult when I choose a life of crime, which I plan to the second, you know, final half of my life. So it's going to just make it a little bit chal- more challenging. First of all, it's not about the life of crime. It's, not, it's like they're going to get wind of some of these podcasts. They know that you bought some Bitcoin. Like you're obviously right. subverting the system. You're associated with me and I'm a fucking criminal. And no. so basically they're going to be like, oh, shit, Trump's guy murdered somebody or one of the Clintons murdered somebody. And they're going to be like, we need to fucking you know, make this go away. Do we have any convenient DNA in the database from some subversive dude that we can just plant at the scene and then make a fucking explanation? And you are going to be high on the list, my friend, of people whose DNA they're going to put in that shit. You think when some yeah, high-level politician gets it, fucking, yeah. does some shit that, that they're going to take the fall? You just volunteered. I didn't even get anything like crazy. It's like 93% European, 3.9% South Asian, 2% mixed American. I mean, it's nothing. You're just a, a lot of a generic white dude. Yeah. Perfect yeah. for the fall. Perfect to take the fall. You know, I was hoping, you know, it'd come back and say I was related to Larry David, but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't say that. Like, yeah. like, you know, him and Bernie Sanders, you know, yeah. you're came not, back. You're obviously, not, you're obviously not Jewish, so that's, you're not related to those dudes. But yeah, anyway, I don't know what I was thinking, and uh, the results weren't super exciting. But uh, just give me a little hurdle later in life when I, uh, you know, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. your life's so easy, right? Your life's so easy that you you add a little difficulty. Solitary yeah, confinement I, is a real. It's an extreme degree of difficulty, but I respect it. Real man, yeah. 
Ruman doesn't yeah. mind well, getting put in hey, solitary. Yeah, it, speaking of that and a life of crime, you just brought it up. But obviously, you know where I'm going before we go to the games. I mean, come on, Mr. Bitcoin. Come on. I mean, this is like oh, crazy. Bloodbath, dominating bloodbath. the news right now. It's just free it's, falling. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So I bought a little bit more when it got down to 9,000. A little piece, okay. not much. Just a little bit. You know, I was, if it went down to like five, I would have bought, I would have put some serious money in. You know, I, I'm zero or a million basically, right? So if it goes to a million, I'll start selling. But it won't even be a million dollars because by that point, the dollar will be so worthless that it'll just be like you can buy a house for a Bitcoin. It won't be denominated in dollars anymore. It just, right. the, the measurement will be Bitcoin, but will be what the purchasing power of a million dollars is now if it does go there. Or it'll go to zero. People will lose faith. Something will happen and it'll be zero. So I'm, I don't, whether it's at you know, 9,000 or it's back to 11 and a half now as we're taping this and by the time we yeah. edit and post, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I, I checked, right? It was, yeah, it was like 11, right? Right before we started here. Okay, I checked. so like 11, you know, at the time we started. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm going to zero or a million. And I'm not going to put that much more money into it unless it goes down to like 5,000 again, I'd buy more, um, which I don't think it will, but you never know. Because I just have enough, the amount of money in it that I've invested that I could, stay, I could lose and I'd be pissed, but I wouldn't, it's not going to affect my life. And therefore, I just don't have any... I'm not going to be a nutless monkey. You know, I'm just, I'm holding to, to, the, yeah. to the bitter end. So I think there's more and more people like that. I believe in the, in the philosophy of it. I believe in the, the mission of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm like... And, and the current issue right now, for those who don't follow closely, is South Korea, right? I know. And, and even so. China. That was fake even news. China. South Korea was fake news. They, it was nothing. They, they, one of the exchanges, I think, got a visit from the tax authorities just making sure that you know, people were making profits that they were paying their taxes. That was it. And it got totally... Well, I thought someone even released a statement saying that they might, you know, take that away, basically. I don't think Crypto. so. I think they... Um, and China. It's I don't too, know. I think there's... It's way too established. It's way too established in South Korea. If they, if they tried to shut it down, it would be a disaster for the economy. And, it's, and, and it was supposed to be legitimatized with, uh, because of the, the futures offered, right? Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I, I think the futures may be part of what's pushing it down, that, you know, these traders are or shorting it or sure, you know, maybe sure. going to try to get in on a bigger amount later on. I don't care. Like none of that stuff. Okay. So I, you're I, know, I know the South Korea thing was fake news. That was fake. China okay. really is having a problem with it. Uh, but a lot of the guys I follow are like, I wouldn't want to be invested in something that China wasn't trying to shut down. Like if it, if it, if they're trying to shut it down, they see the scope of the threat. And if it wasn't that kind of threat where they were worried about it, then this wouldn't be something that was true competition for centrally controlled governments and currency. So, Anyway, that's... that's so you're unfazed, then? What's that? I'm unfazed, totally unfazed. I, I'm, I, again, like, I'm not saying go and buy a bunch of... The, I mean, I told you to buy like, some amounts so you've got some skin in the game, but, um, and you're going to learn about it now because you, because you have a little bit, but I'm not... It could go to zero. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. There could be some, something I don't know about, but I don't Do you have any shit. thoughts on uh, the F... Oh, I'm going to spell it. I'm going to say it wrong. The E-T-H? Oh, ether? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it, to me, it's not... It's a tech stock to me. Like, it's just simply, again, I'm no expert in this, so I don't want to be misleading people. But my understanding is there's some interesting technical applications for it. Uh, it's a blockchain protocol like Bitcoin, but it is, I don't think it's decentralized to the extent that Bitcoin is. I don't think it, it holds the promise of replacing the fiat currency system. I don't think it's like, you know, the, the trustless. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole thing about Bitcoin is that you don't need trust third parties. Like normally, you know, if I'm sending you money, I'm doing it through a bank and the bank is verifying that it's going out of my account and into yours. And with Bitcoin, you don't need that. Um, there's no boss. There's no center of it. 
and I don't know, I'm not sure about Ether, but what I've read, I think it's, it's not as decentralized. So, so to me, it may have some amazing technical applications. Some people seem to be raving about it. Other people I read think it's a total fraud and it's going to bust. I have a little bit of it, not much, but I don't, I would, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't be taxed on it, I would just sell what my profits on that for Bitcoin in a heartbeat. I would get rid of it, but it's just that I'm going to have to pay like half of it in taxes since it's short term. And so I'm just holding it for now. Gotcha. But Bitcoin, right. I'm like, okay. you know, philosophically committed to. That's the difference. Right. Yeah. I'd and say again, so. just, I'm, I'm telling you, I am no fucking expert at this. Like, do your own research. Like, I could be totally wrong. I could lose this money. And that's why if, if, if I were sure that I wasn't wrong, I would have invested a hell of a lot more money than I did. So. Well, well f- physically, you're, you're invested as well. Physically, if, I'm invested. If you, if, you value, if you value your health and your physical well-being... Bitcoin better do well, or I'm going to have someone break your kneecap. Oh, I see, what I see what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. you better have you someone value. do it because you ain't doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll just hire someone. That's yeah, much easier. Gotta, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe I let me just tell you something. Hire two people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Maybe three. All right. Okay. Well, well I, I have someone video it. I mean, that's half a main reason me to watch the video of it. So I will. Yeah. Be multiple I, people. I know you're having Don't trouble getting aroused in your personal life, so. <laughs> I hope to contribute. I know. It gets to be darker and darker, let me tell you. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Before um, we go down that path, let's go to football here. All right. Um, yeah. So what, just two games, sad, season almost over. Uh, I uh, I predicted this. The, the New England line would open at nine and a half. What would you go with in, the, in, the, in your column, nine? Nine. Uh, it was, I think, nine and a half at one point, but with the lines I looked at were nine. And, well, I'll let you go first. So who did you take? I went back and forth on this one. My original instinct was Jacksonville, and then I thought, well, if I laid the wood last week, New England, uh, I just think they match up well. They don't really rely on some athletic receivers on the outside. They're coaching, Bortles. I could see it either way, though. I, I don't like this. Um, mainly, I'm just going to tease this and make sure to give, you know, get that under three. But I, I laid the points that I know that you, you feel differently. Yeah, I mean, I could see New England rolling. I mean, if, if they get the ball first and score – and then the Jacksonville turns it over, threes and outs, or you know, gets one first down and punts or whatever, and they score again, it's pretty bad. You know, Jack, this is not a team that wants to play from a 10-point deficit or a 14-point deficit, but barring that, I think it's going to be a, a real war. I think it's going to be tough. The 2010 Jets beat Brady and the Patriots, and basically nobody was open, and Brady was just standing around throwing the ball at people's feet, and I think this defense might be good enough to do something like that. They certainly can get pressure with four guys. Um, I don't think New England's offensive line is anything special. It's just Brady getting rid of the ball quickly, usually. You know, Jalen Ramsey, I think, will check Gronk. And, you know, Eric Berry shut down Gronk for the most part in week one. I don't know if he'll shut him down, but if he can just get, you know, five for 60 or something like that. Um, I think Deion Lewis is sort of a big X factor in this game. I don't know. I think that the Jacksonville matches up pretty well. The Jaguars will move the ball on the Patriots. The only problem is if they get to a point where Bortles has to throw, throw you know, way more than he wants, right? I, I think the way they win is... The way they beat Pittsburgh, which is run it twice, throw it once, or bootleg once, you know, do stuff where you can just sustain a long drive. And I think they will. I think it'll be close. I actually picked Jacksonville to win the game. Maybe it's an impossible to answer because it just matters so much schematically. But who do you think is better running back, Deion Lewis or Fournette? Deion Lewis right now. I mean, if Fournette's ankle were 100% healthy, you know that they track the, the stat, stat cast tracks the speed and miles per hour of all the players. Uh-huh. And Tyreek uh-huh. Hill was like 21 miles per hour, like four times. Out of the, tw- out of the 20 times that someone's exceeded 21 miles per hour, Tyreek right. Hill was four times. But you know who actually recorded the two fastest times in miles per hour this year? Deion Lewis. Leonard Fournette. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. On that, on that 90 yard touchdown. He had like a 90 yard run. Yeah. Wow. His peak speed there was the fastest in the league this year. So that just huh. shows you a dude of his size moving that and speed. He's big, yeah. But yeah. he's not him. He's not 100% right now. So I, you know, right now I take Deion Lewis. He looks much fresher and obviously he's a much better receiver. Deion Lewis is really yeah. good. He's a really yeah. He creates good metrics too. Yeah. Like after you know contact and stuff, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, no, him you and Gronk are a real problem for the Jaguars too. It, it's a tough. It's much tougher than a team that's you know wide receiver heavy. Like if they played the Vikings in the Super Bowl. I think they could lock down Diggs and Thielen pretty well. Like it, it would be a good matchup for them. Whereas this is the two most prominent focal points in the offense are tight end and running back. So you saw what Bell and Vance McDonald did. It's it's not going to be easy. Yeah. But uh, I think they it's can. Funny, win. Tomlin complained about it last last year, and I think it's like many years in a row, like five or six years in a row. New England not only gets that buy in a home game, but but they get that Saturday game. So they have a full right. and a whole other day at right. home now. And Jacksonville, you know, just you know finished a whole day later and then travel. So. It just sets up, but I, I would not be surprised if this is close. I mean, Jacksonville's yeah. obviously good. It comes down to Bortles. Well, I, I guess how good is under? I mean, I guess I underrate it too much myself. But Bortles really can run. I mean, when he scrambles, he seemingly picks up a first down every time. Yeah, he's a good runner, and he really stepped up in that game. I mean, it, it, he really did not shrink from the moment. I mean, the Steelers were coming back. He had to make it happen in a playoff game, and he was cool. And it's funny because it was somebody like I think it was Davis Maddock was was on XM, and he's like. Well, that's never been his problem, you know, being afraid. His problem is he's not afraid enough. He like makes right. stupid ass throws because he's right. too he, he's he's too much of a real man, not enough of an utless monkey. He just doesn't right. care about the risk. But but that that's a good sign that I don't think they'll be one bit intimidated going in there. They don't care. They went into Pittsburgh. They don't give a shit. And then if you look at the teams that beat the Patriots the last few years, the Ravens team that year, both Giants teams, there were teams they could rush beat. with four. They were athletic teams. When, when the Giants beat the Patriots both times, what I realized from the Super Bowls, and it was the same thing with Atlanta until they totally choked. They should have won last year too. Was it was a more physical, more athletic, younger, hungrier, meaner team. Just a more badass team. You know, the Patriots are a finesse team. I mean, at, at bottom, they really are. It's precision, timing, intelligence, not making mistakes. But if you have a team that's bigger and meaner and faster and more aggressive, you know, if they don't fall for the gimmicks and the Pats, I mean, the Titans are so fucking stupid. Like, the Pats, just gimmick after gimmick, there was, like, not even a fair fight. Then the Patriots can get their ass kicked because they're not really, they're, they're not, like, a badass team, like, physically. I like Jacksonville's receivers, too, like D.D. Westbrook and uh, Keelan Cole. They're, they're not bad, actually. Yeah, so. Marquise Lee, oh. I mean, Hearns yep. is now healthy. They're pretty deep. Yep. I mean, I think they should be able to hang. The only thing that I, I'm worried about is if New England gets off to a fast start, it could just, they just won't come back. Yeah, and, and it's just so weird. At what point, it just seems like they get breaks. It just it seems like I know that's probably anecdotal, but I don't know. It just I don't know. It seems, it seems a little. It's it's a little shady. Like how it was Titans Jaguars. Not that you know. They, it's not like they got gifted that game. They were going to win that game no matter what. But Titans right. Jaguars. Like how bad that would be for ratings. I mean, I really am hoping for a Jaguars Eagles Super Bowl because how much nobody's woke up to that shit. Did that? Did that ruling on the in the Steelers uh, Patriots game or that no catch hurt Pittsburgh? I mean, were they not a one? I mean, they just had to face Jacksonville and they're out right, now. Right, it would have been you know the one seed. Oh, Pittsburgh outplayed New England. Then it's they're fucking stupid. That whole thing, yeah. Crazy. But anyway, so I, I laid the points, but I could I could see it. Like I said, I'm going to use the. Uh, it's funny. I um I was debating, so I wanted to tease that under. Make sure it's under three. And then I wanted to tease the Vikings up. I know people say don't tease the through the zero. That's what right. people say. But we're only two games and it's the playoffs. And I want the Vikings. So so um, uh, anyway, I played Russian roulette. Fuck what people say. Right there, you go. That's that's true too. So what did you think was more likely the uh, the 
the the Patriots to go from up to ten or the Vikings to go, you know, from down to three and a half to three or up to four? Like what what movement did you see here? Wait, say it again. Up oh oh, oh where the line is gonna go. Well I had I yeah. saw the Vikings at three. That that was where I yeah. got the where where I got the yeah. line. I think it stays there. I took the Vikings also, but I did not feel great about it because I hate taking teams off of a win like that. I mean, think about what they think about the ups and downs they went through emotionally. And then think about how they have to go back to practice after that. The next, you know, Tuesday, they got to go back to practice and be like, okay, business as usual. You were winning, you were losing, you were dead to rights pretty much. And then and you get this amazing play and everyone's going crazy and celebrating and, and out of their minds you know, in disbelief that they got through. And then you got to go back and have like a good week of practice and then go on the road in perhaps a weather game and take on at least a pretty good team. So I I really don't like that aspect of it. Normally I would just think the Vikings would crush them. If the Vikings had just won like 20 to nothing and didn't, and that comeback never happened, I think this line would be like four and a half, maybe even six. I think it would have gone way high, but I took the Vikings. I don't, I don't, I feel like it's uh, unprofessional of me to take them, but I, but I took them anyway. Yeah, me too. Same as last week. I took Atlanta. I'm just not going to overthink it, but I wouldn't be shocked if Philly does win. It's crazy that three of the four quarterbacks left are just total, just, you know, once considered total scrubs. What, what do you think the spread would be if this game was, were played in Levi's Stadium against the Niners, if the, if the uh, Vikings at San Francisco? What would the spread be? Oh, like would it be about minus three or three and a half? Yeah, I'd probably be right. like minus right. four. Probably. Something yeah, okay. there. I mean, <laughs> so funny. What well, well, wouldn't be because Vegas just has simply ignored the fact that Garoppolo uh, was I playing for them. But yeah, it should be like about the same. Like Vikings laying three and a half on the road there. Yeah, that's right. This is funny. All right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it should be a good game. Really low over under, like thirty eight. But um, I'm with you. I could see it, but I laid the points too. I mean, the Vikings are. It's funny that they're on the road this week and then would go home for the Super Bowl if they won. Right. It is kind of crazy, but it's not quite a home game because all the corporate. Uh, who the sure. fuck knows? Although I, you know, I'm sure the Minneapolis residents would go crazy snapping up those tickets. They'd be spending top dollar and and sure. getting them. So it would be. You want to go? You want to guess some lines of uh, possible matchups for the Super Bowl? Yeah. All right. So Eagles Patriots. I think it would be e- Eagles plus <sighs> Eagles Patriots. I think it would be like Eagles plus ten. Yeah, I don't know how how right these lines are, but this claims it would be seven. I don't believe that. I, I, it also does somewhat depend on how they play. Like if Foles right, looks terrible or good or whatever, how they win. Really, right. seven? I, I, to me, oh, right, because it's not a neutral field. So they're saying the Eagles and Jacksonville are, you know, because Jacksonville is getting nine at New England. But they're saying Jacksonville would get six on a neutral field. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see it. I, th- I think it would be like ten, personally, against Foles. But, okay. So then so the Vi- Vikings-Pats, I think it would be like Vikings plus... Three and a half. Yeah, it says three. Sure. So okay. right around there. Okay. okay. And, and then, then what about uh, Jaguars Vikings? I mean, you could like just do the math and figure it out. Pretty much right. like Jaguars Vikings would be Jaguars plus if it's you know Jaguars plus four. Yeah, this says five and a half. Really, Jaguars plus five yeah. and a half. That sounds like a I lot. know. That's interesting, huh? And then Jaguars at Eagles, I think it would be Eagles plus three. Yeah, it's just two and a half. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. But it's gonna. Yeah, it's, I think it'll change a little bit based because public perception sure, sure. is gonna change based on these. You know the way they play. Right. Right. Yeah. So who did you? Uh, you like you like the Jags more than of the yeah, two? Yeah, Jags are my the bet that I feel more strongly about. But I again, it's just to me if the Jags can. I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, well, if they don't get 
down to a 10-point deficit. Well, obviously, the line's nine, so if they're never at a 10-point deficit, then that's a good sign, obviously. But it, to if me, they don't it's, get it's down really, by 10 at any point in the game, you're going to be looking they, good. Yeah, if they're not down by 10 at any point in the game, I feel good <laughs> yeah. about it. Exactly. So, uh, right, yeah. yeah. But the Jags are my better, better than two. But which one is your better than two best? I mean, I picked Vikings. Uh, I picked Vikings because I, yeah, now I'm with you. I could see the Jags covering. I, I don't love either. I do. I think I kind of like that teaser. I think the the Patriots will win by a field goal, and I, I like the if Vikings lose, I think they'll keep it to within four. So I mean, I I like that teaser. You know, you know what I like, and you can try this is why don't you parlay the over and the under? Oh, okay, that that would be interesting. Try <laughs> to middle that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can middle. You can't middle it. You can't middle shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what a real man does. Well, I have had uh, been known. I have no no joke. I've I've hit on twenty one before. You have, it, you have blacked out. Obviously, one too many t- cocktails, and and I won the hand. Actually, is the yeah. funniest part. I won yeah. the hand. Yeah. What What's funny is uh, was it you that I did this with? I think it was Jeff, but it might have been you. Where they started charging like it, it was it was at the Aria, their little sports book, and it started to be that to get a free drink, you needed to bet hundred forty bucks. So you need to spend $140 in bets just to get one free drink, which is a lot. But the drinks, you know, for like top shelf booze, like a Hendrix Martini or whatever, not even top shelf, but like decent booze was like, they were like 14, 15 bucks each plus two. So we figured out what we could do is Jeff and I, or whoever I was with, we bet 140 on one team and 140 on the other team. We basically (laughs) paid a $14 VIG. That's but good. we got two yeah. drinks out of it. So it was right. a $7 drink each plus tip. But we got to pay the tip anyway. So it was paying 7 for the drink instead of 15 So we're just going up and betting two opposite sides of the same game. I'm just not sure how it is now, but I know in the past you used to be able to get more drink tickets with betting on the horses. Look into that next time. Some, big, for some reason. Rake. It's, a, it's a bigger It's yeah. a bigger rake. Right. You don't have to bet as much. But that's pretty funny. I like that idea. I like how you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm gaming the system. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Orbitz was gaming the system on me, and yeah, it's going to cost him a million dollars by the time I'm done. Not that again, yeah. not that they give a fuck. It's a bunch of robots at this point, and they've already you know sold the. It's probably a public company at this point, but um, yeah. I think it might be owned by Microsoft actually, Expedia. So hmm. it's just such a drop in the bucket to them. But anyway, sure. you got anything else for me? No, um, yeah, I'm gonna be out of town next week. I don't know. We'll somehow record this pod, I guess, some way. But I'm gonna miss you at the uh, in, in LA. I know. I'll be Bob, in your- LA is like my, you know, I'd be like having people over and like we'd have a party and do some fun shit, find some cool places to go, like restaurants that I know and stuff. And it's uh, yeah, it's everyone from the fantasy industry. The the, the 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 there's a there's a big old get together, and then we're gonna stay there just for a company trip too. I'll be there all the way through Thursday night, so Monday yeah. morning till Thursday. So I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that, and I would have done the steak dinner as I said. I, I would have steaks right. coming to me, so it's right. unfortunate that I will not be there. But um, but I enjoy that shithole known as Los Angeles. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. All right, man. All right. All right. One well, thing. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm upset that you don't have to pay me uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, thought I'm you thought you were gonna that. diss me, but yeah. you realized that you yeah. lost, and you didn't even re- you're so dumb you don't even realize that you lost. <laughs> your, much. your lineup was so bad, you didn't even realize how bad it was. Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, if you like this podcast, let us know on iTunes because the audio of this will be on the, uh, uh, on the regular upload. I will try to get this video uploaded so you can check out Dalton's awesome T-shirt. Uh, I apologize. His, look, his new look that he's uh, very proud of. And again, uh, if you want to – Hey, my friend graduated from Stanford, and he made these. It's Shaw, the coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's garbage coach too. Anyway, and if you like fantasy sports, rotowire.com slash pod. Again, it's rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. Dalton, I will uh, talk to you next week. All right, literalists. All right, take care, man.